everybody, welcome back to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. And today we're going to talk about uh, what happened to triple stack corn. It's still a common used term, and I, I hear it pretty much all the time. You ask guys, you know, if they're planting corn and corn, what are they using or what traits? And most of them will say that they plant triple stack corn. Well, triple stack corn has kind of gone away. And I've had a few people kind of ask me what actually happened. You know, we... We used to have, um, well, I guess when I first started, we'll just put it this way. Um, so when I started uh, selling seed in 2007, 2008, we had, basically we had yield guard corn borer, you had yield guard rootworm, you had them with and without the roundup trait, and then we also had yield guard plus, uh, which would be yield guard rootworm, corn borer, and roundup ready, uh, all in one, which would be triple stack corn. Same thing with Herculex Extra uh, that came out a little bit later, about the same time, which was Herculex Rootworm, Herculex Corn Borer, and uh, Roundup Ready Liberty Link. You, you kind of combine them. Um, so, hence the triple stack, right? And then, I think in 07 or 08, uh, we had VT Triple. Um, and the only difference between uh, the Yield Guard Plus and VT Triple was the VT parts. Uh, VT was vector media transformation, which means uh, probably not a lot to most people. So VT is using um, an agrobacterium vector. Uh, basically, it's agrobacterium is the uh, virus that causes crown gall in, uh, in oak trees, in different types of trees. I'm fairly sure it's oak. So what we did was, and I, I got to play with this in college, which was kind of fun. Um, so... What you did was you took the DNA out of that uh, virus vector and you inserted the DNA you wanted it to insert into the plant. So basically what a virus does, um, in us, trees, plants, animals, um, a virus will insert DNA into you and that's how you get sick. And basically the same thing with trees. It would insert this uh, DNA into the tree uh, and it would cause crown gall. And what they ended up doing was taking this virus and modifying its DNA to uh, insert the actual DNA you wanted into the plants. Um, what we used to do is use a gene gun. Basically, you would shoot pellets into a into a leaf and you'd coat the pellets in uh, DNA. It was kind of like a mini shotgun shell and you know it would kind of work. It, it did work, um, but it wasn't exactly as effective as uh, vector media transformation, so VT. So that's kind of where we started with triple stacks. We went from the cornboard trait first coming out and then the rootworm trait, and then we started to stack them together. And back then I was in a meeting um, when I was an intern and we talked about refuge requirements. And I can remember sitting in a meeting talking about refuge and somebody going, well, what the heck is a refuge? And that was part of the problem, right? We had a lot of guys that would plant, plant a refuge. And when they plant the refuge, that corn would be 20, 30 bushel off because it would get rootworm really bad. You know, and even with uh, heavy pressure and using insecticide, they would still see that yield drop. So a lot of guys would try to get away without planting the refuge because they didn't want to lose yield. So after a few years of that happening, we went to we went to refuge in the bag rib requirements and a lot of our rib corn. I remember back. So this would be, this would be when smart snack first kind of came out. Um, so smart snacks was really like the first trait 
uh, where we, we stacked a bunch of different treats. We had two modes of action on rootworm and two modes of action on, on corn borer and above ground. And when we started doing rib on that, I think it was a 5% refuge in the bag. Um, there were also some different traits that used a 10% rib, um, but sometimes that 10% rib or refuge in the bag would be for would be for above ground only, and then you would have to plan a separate rootworm refuge. And it was kind of really um, it was really kind of a nightmare um, it, trying to understand all these traits and uh, the different refuge requirements and really after a couple of years or a few years of that um, a lot of the industry really switched to this multiple mode uh, pyramid stack and we went to a five percent refuge in the bag which is eh, it's been working um, that's much better than what we used to have and so what had really happened to triple stack corn right we we still had uh, single mode rootworm traits up until uh, really this year i know um, DeKalb had some VT triple still, and um, we had, uh, I worked for Pioneer, we still had some Herculex extras, and what really has kind of happened is, um, I think it was like 13 or 14, we started seeing rootworm resistance to traits, and a lot of that was showing up in Illinois, Iowa, and it's just a, so you get somebody that plants, uh, let's just say they plant DeKalb for 10 years and they're using the same trait over and over again, uh, single traits. And really when these rootworm traits first started out, we expected them to last, uh, between 10 and 20 years, I think is what they, they su suggested eventually that resistance would build up. And basically the only really thing we see with resistance is we're just selecting for a specific part of the population. Same thing with weeds. We're selecting for the ones that are resistant to the trait. And after a while, you just build up a population where it's so heavy um, that you can overwhelm the trait. The other part of this is um, we're getting to the point in some areas where we've just been planting continuous corn on corn, uh, using very similar or the same traits, and we just get so such insane pressure. We've seen a lot of that in Wisconsin um, lately. Uh, I know Southwest Wisconsin's dealing with that. There's parts just kind of all over the place where it's just a lot of corn. And even if we have the traits that these insects aren't resistant to, or yeah, there's just so many of them. And, and the whole thing with rootworm is they still have to eat some of the plant uh, to get a lethal dose. And so you've got so many going after that, that they're just eating all that they can eat. And we're really just kind of building up so much pressure. It's, it's a problem. So when we started seeing this stuff starting to build up in 14, 15, 13, uh, I think 15, the EPA got together with all the seed manufacturers and the trade developers and wanted to develop um, some new insect refuge management or resistance management, so IRM uh, requirements. And one of those requirements, um, I can pull up the brief, but they, they really talked a lot about um, working with growers to help with uh, resistance management. And the one of the main parts is turning them to planting pyramid stacked corn. So basically, um, you know, you're, you're looking at your smart stacks um, in, in the Corteva brand uh, end of the spectrum. Uh, we're looking at Hercules Extreme. Um, 
There, there's a few different ones. I'm not entirely sure what Agriture even has anymore because it's just understanding their memory system and their traits is just insane to try to remember. Um, but so anyway, we, we've gone to more of these uh, blends of modes of action uh, on rootworms. And the, the issues are still kind of there is sometimes we run into um, multiple modes of resistance. Um, so you'll have one one rootworm that may be resistant to uh, Yogurt rootworm. And they'll be cross-resistant to Agrishirt rootworm because it's such a similar protein. So you could have... Oh, you could really have um, rootworms that are resistant to pyramided traits even yet. So that this is the main concern that a lot of these, um, a lot of the EPA people and and seed industry people are worried about is the fact that we have multiple modes of action and we have multiple modes of resistance. And the it, it's it's a really big concern, um, you know. And even uh, with the development, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's development of new rootworm trades and new rootworm, uh, technology. We're still a few years away from that happening. So we've got to get through the next few years before we can get to that point. And if, if you guys can kind of remember, I mean, it's fairly fresh in your mind, what's happened with, uh, extend soybeans and the new, um, herbicide traits and soybeans, you know, even with water hemp, we, we still have people having issues um, spraying dicamba. And basically it got so bad to the point where we put out a new trait. And by the time that trait came out, we're already dealing with resistance of the trait technology. So yeah, rootworm is going to be a problem going forward. And the whole point of what the EPA and the seed industry is doing is we're trying to get um, basically the best technology out there. Uh, you know, as far as, trying to combat the problem, we're at least making people plant that. And that's why, you know, and I, I, it's always funny to me when guys say they plant triple stack corn. You can't even plant triple stack corn anymore. It's, it's basically gone. Um, as far as I've seen and, and heard, I don't think you could buy much triple stack anymore. I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere. But for the most part, the industry is moving away from it, and it's going to pyramid stacks. Um, and, and the whole reason is basically what we've just talked about. It's the the massive number of rootworm beetles that are showing up. Um, it seems like the last few years, the hotspots are getting bigger, and they're moving, and it's, it's actually growing uh, and becoming a bigger problem than what most people think. And the whole thing is just trying to get to the point where we can kind of manage that and, and not go, not, not lose the traits, um, and basically make them ineffective. And I have a few people that say, well, I'll just put insecticide. Insecticide is going to work forever. That's not entirely true. Um, you know, at the same time, insecticide works, but you know, I, I've seen the data and it's not just, um, one company or other telling me what the data is. You've seen it from universities too, where, Basically, when we put insecticide down, the insecticide only takes about a cone uh, of a few inches around that root. Any root that kind of grows away from that cone really just loses all effectiveness on the insecticide. So you could have, um, you know, as far as traits go, we always figure traits about 80% effective um, as far as them eating some of it. But it's, it's always going to be about 80% of that root's going to be left. When you look at insecticide, figure about 50%. So while the plant may look the same and somewhat perform the same or be almost the same, uh, 
you're still losing some effectiveness uh, when we go with insecticide. So when we combine insecticide with the traits, we gain a little bit there, um, but it's only really in that heavy, heavy pressure areas. Um, there's a big push uh, quite a few years ago on the Syngenta side where Syngenta was promoting force on traits, um, and they were seeing these huge yield bonuses. We didn't really see that much in Wisconsin. I think the biggest thing we saw in that whole um, force on trait thing was we picked up a lot of benefit or secondary pests. So you got to remember back when that happened, we were worried mostly about um, about rootworm, but at the same time, we were only using Poncho 250 and Cruiser 250, and we were using some fairly low um, trait or seed treatment um, seed treatment rates and most of the industry in the last few years has basically gone to a, we'll call it a 500 rate of insecticide on the seed. And the whole point is picking up those secondary pests. And I haven't seen nearly as much wireworm, um, seed corn maggot, anything like that as I used to. Uh, I remember the last time I had a, a major replant claim on those was in 2012. So been quite a few years and basically what's happened between now and then is that 500 treatment jump is the 500 treatment perfect no i still have quite a few people that'll run we'll just call it a secondary pest rate basically half rate of insecticide uh just for those insects even on their traded corn and we still see the bump so anyway that's what happened to triple stack corn right it's it's mostly a move between the epa and the seed industry to try to maintain the traits um keep it somewhat effective or mostly effective so that we're not losing uh, entire effectiveness of one trait. Um, and you got guys that are planting different competing platforms. So, you know, in an area you could actually develop resistance to all three uh, within a population. We'd be really kind of screwed. Um, you know, the Agrisure Duracade came out a few years ago and we already had resistance to that trait, uh, basically a couple of years or within a year or two of it coming out. So, there is resistance to basically every worm trade out there. Um, do you have resistance? More than likely not. Um, especially in our area, we, we haven't really seen much. You get into southwest Wisconsin, it's more of a problem. But it's it's there. Um, the whole reason to get away from triple stack is basically to get away from that, is, is to try to make these trades last as long as we can until we can come up with a better option. Um, and that better option's in the pipeline, as far as I know. Um, there's a product called SmartStacks Pro that's out there. Um, it's not ready for commercial launch just yet. Um, I know that there's some other companies working on different things, and they're out there. It's going to be a little while, so we basically have to kind of tread water for a little bit here and, and, and practice um, insect resistance management um, and make sure we understand what we're doing. So it's kind of an uphill battle, but for right now, that's exactly why Triple Stack's going away. And you know, it's kind of a thing, I guess, you know, we always talk about, um, I don't know, even like ragweed. I have people that call giant ragweed hemp. It's not hemp. <laughs> and um, just, it's a common thing. You know, it's people call velvet leaf buttonweed. You know, we have smart stack guys still say they plant triple stack corn. And even though it, it's kind of a, you know, it's not a thing anymore, but that's just the way it's going to be. So... Yeah, so if you guys have questions on this, I mean, there's a lot of resources on online. Um, basically, I just typed in Triple Stack Corn EPA, and there was a huge web page, and there is all their proceedings and their comment periods. 
Um, it's all there. Uh, you can definitely take a look at it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. I uh, should have a new one here pretty soon. Uh, I've got one kind of in the pipe that um, sounds interesting to me. And we'll see what uh, what everybody else thinks about it. So I'll catch you guys next time.